You're listening to the Root and Stem Podcast, a podcast exploring issues and stories in STEAM education. This episode features Sheena Bolton and Tim King of the Information and Communications Technology Council, whom I had the pleasure to speak to about CyberTitan, a team-based cybersecurity competition for middle and high schoolers, the only one of its kind in Canada. They reveal the benefits of being a CyberTitan competitor in regards to academia and future job prospecting and share insight into what the future of a digital economy may mean for you and I, both good and bad. So I'm Sheena Bolton. I'm the manager of K-12 CyberTitan and Cyber Education Initiatives at ICTC, or the Information Communication Technology Council, uh, which is a not-for-profit Canada-wide Uh, For the last five and a half years, I have been working in trying to get cybersecurity education into in front of students in the classroom or wherever that may be. My name is Tim King. I work for ICTC2. I'm the uh, Eastern Canadian Education Coordinator. Um, I've been seconded to ICTC. I've spent the last 20 years in the classroom teaching computer technology and um, got into Cyber Titan early and uh, now I'm working with ICTC to expand my favorite competition. And I assume that means Cyber Titan, which we will get into, Mm -hmm. of course. I want just like a little more context on what ICTC does as a whole, just because I know it's not just Cyber Titan, cybersecurity focus. So um, Gina, you seem excited to answer this. So if you would like to... (laughs) You would like sure. <laughs> to, uh, explain that for me. Yeah, so ICTC is a national not-for-profit. Uh, we we do fair amount of things. So we have a whole research uh, string, and then we have a capacity building side. So a lot of our research drives uh, what uh, Canada needs in terms of um, communication technology. So uh, we have programs uh, for K to twelve. We have programming for post-secondary students. We have work integrated learning programs. Uh, we have upskilling programs, and then a lot of research too. So. So uh, we're nonpartisan and we we kind of have our hands in everything. Awesome. Tim, is there anything you'd like to add? I came to ICTC through their job um, matching system. They, they used to do a thing where they would talk about jobs and information and communication technology. And I was teaching students and graduating them. So I thought this is a great way for you to see where the careers are. So it was the research that actually first brought me to ICTC. And then while we were doing the research one day, I said, what's the cyber titan thing they're starting? And uh, that's the capacity building side of the organization too. So there, there are engines within ICTC that focus on different things. There's the research branch that is what interested me initially. And then the capacity building is where we actually try and adjust, address the shortcomings in digital training in Canada. Um, We've got a lot of people graduating who are quite unaware of how technology works, and they need that, um, pretty much regardless of which career they're going into. So ICTC's job is to try and close that digital divide. What is CyberTitan? Sure. So CyberTitan is a national uh, competition for middle and high school students across the country um, of teams of four to six, uh, where they compete internationally for about six months. with cybersecurity training. And then uh, we bring the top 10 Canadian teams to a national final. Uh, used to be before COVID in person, but uh, we're slowly working back to that. Uh, we were virtual for a couple of years and we were hybrid last year. And I think we're gonna be hybrid again this year. Um, yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. Tim can get a little more technical on what the students do. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's um, a great competition that brings youth together. And quickly, Sheena, what what are like the um, rewards for winners? 
Sure. So we do uh, different prizes. So mainly you're the National Cyber Titan Competition uh, champions for that year. Uh, everyone gets some medals. They get competition coins. Uh, they get a little rubber ducky that I have beside me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, T-shirts, uh, and then we do have uh, money. We've done uh, everything from Beats headphones to Chromebooks um, to Amazon gift cards. So it kind of varies. Uh, I should mention Cyber Titan is a fully sponsorship-driven event, uh, so it kind of bases on uh, what we're getting from our sponsors that year. All right, Tim. I would like to know what the students do. So Sheena, you wrote for Root and Stem, so I was kind of trying to figure out the Cyber Titan stuff. So. Does CyberTitan aim to enhance like your personal cybersecurity methods or is this to teach and help develop skills and like kids that are interested in like cybersecurity as a career? Oh, I'll take a swing at it. Uh, so when you're doing the competition, what it is is uh, they give you a virtual machine, which is like a simulated computer. And uh, the virtual machines have all been hacked. They've basically been cyber attacked and they're broken. And what you do over the, there's a six hour window where you open the, the VM and the clock starts. It's all very Jason Bourne. And uh, so, and what happens is the, the team of four to six students all put their heads together and figure out what's wrong. But unlike a lot of competitions where you know where the, the touch lines are and everything, there, there's none of that in this. You, you come into it with no idea what's going to happen. Uh, they give you the broken system, and you have to diagnose it in real time. Uh, the, the skills students learn from this, it's out-of-the-box stuff. They're, they're not, you know how you get into a lot of competitions and you kind of A, B, C, and then you're done. Um, in this one, I've seen rounds go where students are just throwing themselves at problems and nothing will happen for a couple of hours and they'll get really frustrated and suddenly someone will figure it out. And then suddenly the whole house of cards comes down and you, you get to work through it very quickly. So it's iterative. It's, uh, there are no rules. Um, one of my kids one time famously said, I don't know if I'm just really good at Googling answers or I'm actually getting good at cybersecurity. And I said, you could be doing both things. Um, and that's what happens in the competition. It's, it's live, it's team-based, it's really intense. The worldwide scoreboard shows all the teams you're up against in real time. So as you get points and fix something in the system, it goes up on the scoreboard that everybody can see. So you can imagine what this does, right? Every, the teams are all high-fiving each other and cheering when they get points. And uh, six hours into this, I've got students grinding to the last second on the scoreboard to try and get one more point out of it. So that whole idea, kids nowadays have no attention span, not true at all. Uh, watch a Cyber Titan team in the final five minutes. That's incredible. So the competitors are interested in further developing their skills and, and possibly pursuing a career in this stuff, I assume, because this sounds <laughs> uh, pretty in-depth. Yeah, one of the goals is so that students uh, go into cybersecurity or some kind of tech STEM related field in the future. Uh, the bare minimum is that they've learned something, they've had a great time, they've worked together as a team, uh, and maybe they're a little more aware of when they receive phishing or when they have issues with their own personal computers. So the, the goal of course, is to get more um, students in STEM, particularly female or other uh, groups. But um, yeah, it really anything. <laughs> How are these hacked virtual machines programmed? Obviously, if it's taking a while to, to figure out it, obviously some somebody smart kind of programmed these machines to be to be uh, figured out. The back-end people on Cyber Patriot are all next level. Uh, you've got the Department of Homeland Security. I think the FBI lends a hand. The CIA is involved. Like, it, it is crazy high-end 
people you've got developing this. The U.S. Air Force Association runs the competition. So you're right in the middle of the people who are actually doing the defending and they're providing you with the, the training material. One of the things I loved when I first started with this was a lot of the, the IT training stuff you get in high schools tends to be sort of like a game or something. And we got to the end of round one of this and I said that that was like spending a day in a real IT office. What everyone just did just now is what the job is. Um, so it's really a live simulation. And it, that's what I love about the competition so much. You, you feel like you're, you're playing, you're still playing a game for points, but at the end of the day, all the skills you learn, they are the real deal. So that that's what students get out of it. And they immediately recognize the value. Like Sheena said, um, one of the girls from my, my first second year of competing, uh, she went into neuroscience. She wants to be a, um, a neurologist. Um, and when she was applying to medical school, the, the cyber titan actually helped. And she was really surprised. She's like, why, what does this matter? And one of the doctors on the board said, don't you want your doctor to know something about cybersecurity and protecting your data? And she's like, good point. Yeah, neuroscience is kind of crazy. But what are the job positions that competitors in Cyber Titan are focused on on getting to one day? Another one of my favorite ones is a, a student we had came from a rough background, uh, single parent, really tough upbringing. Um, he tried to join the Navy and uh, they put him on a long waiting list. And then he did Cyber Titan and uh, he was top defender that year too. Um, and the Navy basically said, you're at the front of the line. Um, he's now working on one of our new ships doing cybersecurity. Um, he should still be waiting to get in, actually. Like, this would be the end of his two years right now. <laughs> so that that's how quickly it moved him up the line. So that was a student who, you know, thought he'd be working at Walmart in our small town for the rest of his life. And suddenly he's on a ship at sea, state-of-the-art cybersecurity stuff. You know, I, like, it just opened doors that we just never would have seen otherwise. Yeah, on That's top of incredible. that, there are thousands of jobs that are, are waiting to be filled in this field in general. So the hope is that some of those students come out of it and want to find out what those jobs are. Uh, some of them don't exist yet. Some of them are on the horizon and some of them do exist. So it's a little hard sometimes to answer uh, what job because there's no one specific field, but there's no way that cybersecurity is uh, going away in any form. It's only going to get more important for every single job, every single office, every single career. This rings intelligence or, or government to me, right? So that's why I was kind of wondering. But you did say that like some of these positions don't exist. Like uh, a cybersecurity, yeah. a lot of people have been talking about how cybersecurity is maybe the next industry to kind of boom. Like, can you speak on, on that and maybe like potential for growth in this industry? Sure. So we've noticed that as well, that uh, cybersecurity is becoming more um, into a focus, which is good. I'm sure the pandemic and everything helped bring that forward because all of a sudden we were all online and had to be um, uh, personally at ICTC. We've been doing the last five years with cybersecurity training, trying to bring it into the attention. So it's, it's kind of nice to see um, that it's, it's happening now. <laughs> so it's not just us. There's other ones that are doing it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge uh, growth right now i just there's a ictc did an article a little while back about one in six jobs in canada doesn't go filled because we just can't find enough people so when you say what jobs um in a lot of cases my my students got sort of headhunted out of college um in one case i've got a student who didn't even finish college he started doing his co-op and now he's in germany 
uh, working on industrial system security. And, and they said, well, we'll let you finish up and we'll pay for your program and everything. Just start now. So it's not so much where are the jobs, it's uh, you don't even need to go looking because someone's going to be yoink and you're going to suddenly find yourself in a job. There, There's another article I was just pulling up here from Forbes that just came out and they said there's something like 4 million people shortage of this globally. So Canada's usual response is to, to immigrate in the talent, right? But if this is a worldwide shortage, which it is, that's going to be really problematic. It's not always a solution to do that anyway. And, and growing the talent at home, I think that's the way to go. And that's what we're aiming for. The next question made me giggle a little bit. If you could speak on some success stories from Cyber Titan competitions and how it impacted participants' knowledge in uh, cyber defense. And you kind of have already given me, like highlighted almost like three different people here so far that have had uh, pretty incredible success stories. But I will give you the chance to maybe give me one more. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you two students recently that, that have had things happen. Um, I, I thought coming out of the classroom would mean I couldn't help my students anymore. And that's not the case at all, it turns out. Um, so the first one was uh, we were at the Cyber Titan Nationals at the University of Waterloo doing the hybrid thing there. So we had all the Ontario teams come out to Waterloo campus. Most of those kids want to go to Waterloo. So this was a chance to go hang out at the university, see what it's all about, meet the profs and all of that. So, and that was good. But my one of my first year Cyber Titans, like one of the kids from the first year, I convinced four of my guys to just take a swing at it. Um, he just graduated his undergrad there um, in CompSci. And he was casting around and didn't know what to do. I introduced him to the professor of cybersecurity and guess who's doing his master's now in in system security at Waterloo. So those pathways, just like I said, they keep opening up around you. Um, another one is uh, another one of the girls who, who daringly took on Cyber Titan the first year they had all girls teams at the national finals. Um, she messaged me in the fall and said, do you know of any internship opportunities? Uh, she helped me co-write a paper on cybersecurity and we're going to Africa in two weeks to present it. She's not even out of her undergrad yet. So she's still she's still at Queens doing her undergrad and she gets to go to Africa to present on cybersecurity readiness, which is amazing. We've also had uh, students when we were going through the pandemic and everything was virtual. Uh, we had some of our students from the Winnipeg teams um, be headhunted by local uh, cybersecurity companies or local companies to do their cybersecurity. And the one captain wasn't sure he was actually going to be able to make the finals because he had to work and he hadn't graduated yet and he was already working in cybersecurity. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to see what's possible. Aside from the obvious employment and schooling mm -hmm. benefits, what makes Cyber Titan superior to other learning resources and, and competitions in the industry? Well, it brings together uh, students right across the country. So we like to bring in our top 10 teams, we say, but there is a caveat. We take four from the East, four from the West. Uh, we represent an all-female team, and then we also do um, uh, middle school teams. So we kind of make sure that Canada itself is represented no matter where we go. Uh, so that helps. And then we, we kind of build those teams. They're, they're students who are trying to figure out what they might want to do in the future. And now all of a sudden you have a connection. If you live in Halifax, you know someone in Alberta. So there's uh, lots of opportunities, um, and we're hoping to expand further into more country or more uh, not countries, sorry, more provinces and territories, and have better representation for true Canada. How does one get involved in the Cyber Titan uh, competition? 
Yeah, so you can visit cybertitan.ca um, or you can reach out to any of our group um, to bleed into it. Uh, we also have different programming that we can do, uh, come into groups virtually, um, be it classrooms, be it uh, student setup, um, and we can run some cybersecurity training beforehand. So we have a lot of introductory classes. So we have about 15 different courses that we can put students through, and then that will build them some of the skill sets that are needed for Cyber Titan. Yeah, the competition runs October and until May. So this year is underway, but we're always prepping for next year. And I think it will be great to have some new teams, some new representation. Fantastic. All right. I'm wondering, I don't know who's better equipped to answer this question, but uh, can one of you like identify maybe some new cyber threats that the public might not be aware of as a result of AI advancements and, and whatnot and the increase in use of AI as well? We uh, we'd been learning AI in our classroom for a long time when it finally sort of got big. Um, but one of the the key things is uh, you know how you used to be able to tell a phishing email by how bad the grammar was. Um, there's a thing called spear phishing where you would build a customized phishing email specifically. So like you'd like be John. Uh, I know all about your history. I've done research and I can design a phishing email that you're going to believe. Um, and usually they would aim these spear phishing emails at CEOs. Uh, the problem is with AI now, uh, you can very quickly put that together. You don't need to speak perfect or write perfect English. Um, and you don't even really need to do a lot of the research. You can run a lot some AI scripts that do this for you. Um, so basically all phishing now has become spear phishing, the special, specialized form of phishing that looks like it's custom designed for you. I mean, you could design an AI core that would just spit out spear phishing emails for every person on the planet if you wanted to. So that, that's one of the examples of, of AI twisting. Machine is going to be like, oh, here we go. But um, my favorite thing right now that no one seems to be aware of is quantum computing. It's about to change everything. People really don't know what's coming. Um, I think the, the really exciting convergence is AI with quantum. Quantum computers operate at a, in a way that's completely different from our electronic computers, and they are so staggeringly quick. One of the first things they're going to do is walk right through all of our encryption. So all of the banking you do online that you think is safe, it won't be after this. Basically, nothing that we put on the internet is, is safe moving forward once we get a viable quantum computer that can just hack the encryption. So one of the first things you're going to see upended by quantum computing is cybersecurity, which is making for all sorts of interesting, um, I don't know, I don't want to say panic, but uh, it's creating a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, turbulence in the industry. Yeah, I'm definitely scared now. Uh, <laughs> Skynet, Skynet's coming. For the listener's sake, can you briefly, I know it's a tough ask, can you briefly, as, as brief as you can, try to explain quantum computing and maybe give, if it even exists, one tip to kind of protect themselves from this uh, future that you described? So one of the one of the ways to describe it is uh, right now we're we're using uh, bits and bytes, right? Everything here is binary. It's all electronic impulses working through wires. Uh, some of the wires are incredibly small. What we've done with modern processors is incredible. And no one could have guessed we would have been able to do this 100 years ago. So the digital computers we have are really exceptional. But um, when you ask a digital computer to do a calculation, it has to run through every possible solution to get to the end, right? Um, 
with a quantum computer, it simultaneously runs all of the solutions at once and falls on the correct one. So instead of you having to try this route and this route and this route and this route to get to a correct answer, a quantum computer just goes and it's done. Um, so for example, if you were hacking, say, RSA encryption, which is what we all use these days to protect ourselves online, um, a classic computer would probably take 10,000 years to crack it. And uh, Google has a quantum computer now that's really error prone, but it can solve it in two minutes. So that gives you a, a scale of how much more quick quantum computing is. Um, how do you protect yourself against it? The good news is that all the quantum technology can actually be used to create a quantum internet. Um, if you send signals by lasers, if you try and intercept the signal, you change the signal. So people know they're being hacked and just shut off the signal. So a laser-based quantum internet could be completely unhackable. The minute someone tries to interfere with the signal, it shuts off and you, you lose all the data. So there are answers to this in quantum too. Um, people are also throwing all sorts of energy into working out new mathematical encryption that is quantum proof. Um, and some of it is just mind boggling stuff. There's lattice-based encryption that uses 10,000 dimensions um, using vectors and very complex math to basically make itself un unsolvable. Um, it's like Dr. Strange type stuff. <laughs> but, um, but there are solutions in the in the making. So it's not like the internet's going to catch on fire and the whole world is going to burn down. Um, I, I should add as well, quantum computers are going to do some incredible things. Um, if you DNA sequence a cancer tumor and your DNA, a quantum computer can calculate what your medicine is. So when you think about it that way, a quantum computer is going to have an incredible change to pharmaceuticals and medicine, um, batteries for our cars. Uh, a quantum computer will be able to calculate the best possible solution without us trial and erroring things. It'll just work out the best answer because it can handle all that data. That's wild. I can tell you've done a lot of research on this stuff. I'm, I'm up to hearing it. Yeah. What's like the time frame that you give it before it's mainstream here? Sheena very kindly let me go to UBC this summer for a, a quantum boot camp. Um, and we got to meet a whole bunch of PhDs working at the very edge of the field. And everyone I talked to said three years. They would bet their next paycheck. There will be a viable quantum computer that's making real inroads, that is doing things that classic computers now can't do in three years. And when that starts to happen, you're going to start to see some really sudden changes in how we do things. I had a question here about how we can better educate seniors, maybe the most susceptible to uh, online scams and, and security leaks. This just almost makes it seem irrelevant if they can't figure <laughs> out this, you know what I mean? Like uh, they're pretty much done for. <laughs> I think but, uh, I think in general, yeah, like having seniors and and everyone else having the family understand it. So, like, I just had an example where my grandmother was phoned and and she just chose one of our our names and was like, "Oh, is that you?" And the scammer was like, "Yes, of course it's me." She then eventually clicked in that it was correct. But the fact that we have all bugged her since 
to every time we phone her now, we fake phone her and say that we're we're looking for money and we've been arrested and everything. But I think that's a, a like a little meaner way to do it. But uh, honestly, cybersecurity training allows you then to be able to just have it in everyday conversation. So then it does naturally breach out into other aspects of your life, into your family, into your friends. Um, so then hopefully you can kind of stop it or just I'll be more aware of it in general. A cyber titan team running at a school is kind of like a nucleus for that. Um, dur during COVID, we weren't just in a small town in rural Ontario here. And um, when COVID happened, a lot of our small businesses were just hanging on by their fingernails. They didn't know how to make web pages. They didn't know how to secure them. And a lot of our kids went out into the community and helped. So like Sheena said, you, you get these little like nucleuses happening where you've got a cyber titan team and they're learning this stuff in a real world way. Um, and it goes out into the community and that they talk to their parents and they talk to their aunt who owns the local pizza shop. And, you know, suddenly there's a web page for a small business that didn't exist before and they survived COVID because of it. Um, it's it's really important that we develop these skills uh, and not just like in big corporations or, you know, so kids can get jobs in big corporations. Uh, if we can bring it back to our local communities, that's that's the real win. And that's why... I'm such a fan of something like Cyber Titan. I've, I've seen it work locally and I've seen it send kids around the world. So it can do all of those things. That's fantastic. Where where are you located? Uh, I teach in Fergus, Ontario. I live oh. in Alora. Interesting. Uh, Alora yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. why we moved here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, go hang out in the gorge. Sheena was here during the uh, color change and breathtaking. <laughs> it was yeah. amazing, yeah. I see TC's head office is Ottawa. I guess I should also officially say. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. In your article for Root and STEM, uh, you mentioned that Canada is in need of cybersecurity professionals. So beyond uh, Cyber Titan, what other resources or educational credentials and opportunities should people seek to be a part of cyber defense in Canada? Sure. So uh, I kind of mentioned to it or alluded to it earlier that we have 17 courses available uh, for students um, and youth. I, I keep saying students, but really it's any youth in Canada um, and they can start with that training and we can reach off from there. Uh, we also have some other programming at ICTC uh, as well as some of our research and, and other offerings um, to go higher into that but from a youth perspective um, come find us uh, and we will be happy to help you get into the schools classrooms youth groups uh, through parents through whoever to uh, bring cybersecurity training to everyone how can educators get students like engaged in cybersecurity education and uh, awareness that's a really difficult question uh, part of the problem is we're trying to use IT in education, so people are really, really nervous about anything that could disturb that. So the, the people running IT in education are some of the first people we need to talk to about allowing competition and things like that. But those skills, if we throw a blanket on them, that, that causes a real problem because we need those skills across all industries all you name it you want to start a small business in a little town you need these skills um if you want to work for a big corporation you need these skills you want to work in the military you want to work for a nonprofit. doesn't matter where you go those skills are needed and cybersecurity is what enables them so we we can't ignore it so the challenge is to 
convince teachers to take a, a risk on this because it, it's something that's outside of curriculum. I think this year is the first time cybersecurity is actually used in Ontario curriculum, and it's only for the computer science course. So, which most schools aren't running these days. So, the real problem there becomes how do you access this? But Cyber Titan is kind of a way to to sideload into the industry. Um, if you start a Cyber Titan team with you know, any, like your math teacher, um, there's math you can apply to this. There's a lot of applied math in it. Um, so you, you could approach it through a math perspective. You could approach it through a, a history and social sciences perspective. Um, policy around cybersecurity, if you don't know anything about cybersecurity is a real problem. How do you make the laws for it? So you, your, you know, your grade 11, 12 law class could be where Cyber Titan has a team come out of. Um, they train you, they give you all the material, they assume that you don't have the technical background and they look after you. So you're never gonna be left hanging. Um, and it's an opportunity to understand how the world works. So I'd hope if any teachers are listening, they're willing to take a swing at that because it teaches kids a really deep media fluency that we're just missing. Also for educators, we have some that uh, do it as part of the classroom, but we also have some do it as extracurricular. So some uh, schools actually kind of run Cyber Titan teams as if it's another sports team so that they they get that different um, group of students that's not just stuck in one class. Maybe it's a whole bunch of people want to come together. So it, the options are endless for how to get into the classroom. What piece of advice would you give? Maybe there's like a secret tip that you give somebody an advantage for uh, any future cyber uh, Titan competitors. Just oh, try it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Louise's. That was Louise's advice exactly. Just try yeah. it. Yeah, you, you don't know if it'll stick or not, but even if you don't, you'll learn something useful, genuinely mm -hmm. useful. Yeah. Try yeah, it. maybe you'll have fun and learn something new, or maybe you really enjoy working with a team, or maybe you learn that you are very much a person who likes to work alone. So even if you don't end up being in cybersecurity, it doesn't mean it won't be benefit you in the long run, because it will. And what if it opens that door and you've suddenly got an opportunity to have a really successful career in a job that's never the same thing day to day and lets you travel and do all sorts of things. Like it's, there. there's two angles to it. You can play the digital fluency piece where we all need those skills, which we do. Um, but there's also the pathway piece and we're desperately short of people in it. No doubt. Final question. And maybe both of you can give me an answer for this. Um, what's one simple tip uh, or one simple step, sorry, um, that everyone can do today to strengthen their cybersecurity. Be aware. Read read those emails a couple times before you respond to it, or those text messages, or anything that comes through. Just uh, be aware of your surroundings, I guess, kind of in general, but particularly online. I'd, I'd say maybe uh, embrace your inner cynic. If something's too good to be true online, it probably is. Um, so. If you just come at things like you get that email where you're like, oh, look at that. I just won $500. Um, it, you know, somebody came up in the street and tried to pitch you like that. You take a step back and say, what are you thinking? But uh, but online, for some reason, we're all thinking, yeah, that'll that'll be OK. That that won't go badly for anybody. Uh, so you've got to just come. At, I always come at things like, well, what's going on here? You know, and just try and try and understand it. Um, what's cool is if you start to develop some of the skills, you can chase it down and see where it's going. Um, 
one of my favorite jobs is that idea of a pen tester where you go in and you, you test systems to see where they're weak and then uh, and then sort of analyze them and take them apart. And that's a job. Uh, that's the only other thing I'd like to add in case we have the idea that cybersecurity is a job is not true. There are a million different jobs you can do within the field. Um, personally, I like forensics. I love getting a machine that somebody has trashed because they think I can't get data off it. I can get data off anything. So that, that I really dig that. Like I like the hardware. It came out of IT, so I love that idea of like taking it apart and actually pulling the data off it, even though somebody thinks that they've made that impossible. But there are other people who really like the operational stuff where live live data in the cloud and what's going on and if somebody's attacking you in real time and that they really enjoy that side of it completely different skill set and that that's cool so even if you're thinking cybersecurity, there isn't cybersecurity. there are a million different specializations in it and i bet you there's one that fits tim sheena thank you so much guys thank you For more knowledge and stories from STEAM professionals, check out the Root and Stem magazine at pingwalk.com. For more episodes of the Root and Stem podcast, available to stream on your platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify.